Welcome, friends, to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown, and today we are joined by Matt Hart. Matt Hart is the founder of Soder Analytics, and he is talking to us all the way from St. Petersburg, Russia. So if you've got some time today, take a listen all about Soder Analytics. So what is your background, Matt? So my background is as an engineer. So I studied, I have a bachelor's education in mechanical engineering. And then I specialized in a type of engineering called reliability engineering. So reliability engineers, what we do is we stop machines from breaking. So a really common example that I like to use is when you're driving your car and you get a red or an orange engine check engine light on your car, that is telling you that you're about to have a problem with your engine. So you're able to go to a mechanic, you know, get it fixed and avoid having a breakdown on the side of the motorway, you know, calling a tow truck and all the pain that is required from that. So that is actually what is called reliability engineering. What, what we do is we put a sensor on a piece of equipment, we collect data, we create algorithms that analyze that data, and we're looking for problems. So before starting SOTA, I was working for a very big mining company in Australia. So I was working in the desert, the outback in Australia as a reliability engineer. What I was doing was taking all the data from all this mining haul trucks, all the mining equipment. I think we had about 10,000 sensors on a single truck, so a heap of data that we would analyze. We were looking for this truck to break down. When it was going to break down, when we were going to have a problem, and we would try to avoid the breakdown and turn it into a planned maintenance event. So we would actually try to fix the problem before it became a big problem. So this is the sort of concept that I wanted to bring to SOTA because when I looked at my health and safety colleagues within this mining company, I saw that they were quite reactive. You know, they were waiting, very often waiting for an injury to happen. Then they would do a root cause analysis or an investigation on why that injury happened. And it was always reactive. And I thought, can we bring the same reliability engineering principles to health and safety? Can we put a sensor on a person? measure when something is about to go wrong, and then do something about it before the injury actually happens. So that's my background and why I started SOTA. That's really interesting to see what type of information is trying to be collected on a human that can, just some examples that can lead you to flag them as a potential injury. That's a good question. So when we started SOTA, we had no idea what we were going to solve other than we started with this concept. So we actually went into the data of what sort of injuries were happening, how often were they happening, how expensive were they, and we were trying to look for like an injury type where we could apply this concept. And we came across a particular type of injury called a musculoskeletal injury. And typically, in layman's terms, that's you know a back injury or a shoulder injury or something like that, something on the musculoskeletal system. And what's unique about these events is they happen over a very long period of time generally. So it's not like cutting your finger or hurting your finger, which might be an instant event and, you know, very hard to predict. But with a back injury, it's very often a buildup of stress, you know, overexertion over a long period of time. The body starts to get older and weaker as well over time. And then eventually there's a final straw that breaks the camel's back and that's what causes the injury. So because it's such a long period of time for it to happen, we're able to measure that period and see when things are potentially ready for an intervention. So we actually started with a concept. We had no idea what injury type we were going to start with, try to prevent, 
And then the data pretty much told us that, yeah, musculoskeletal injuries was one that we could apply this concept to. And it's also an injury type that happens frequently. And when it happens, it's also very, very expensive because of the long rehabilitation times that it takes. That's so interesting, especially with a background in engineering, because Curtis and I's background, as our listeners know, is are both athletic trainers here in the U.S. And so we've we've been dealing with those musculoskeletal injuries and have been trained in how to do the prevention and the assessment and then care of those musculoskeletal injuries. So it's it's so interesting to me to hear the engineering side and, and coming around from the different perspective on how to how to solve those different things. You talk about your solution range. How does that work? Okay, so the first solution that we launched is a product called SodaSpine. It's a coaching solution to coach the worker on what movements they should ideally do in the workplace and which movements they should try to avoid. So we call these movements they try to avoid hazardous movements. They're they're movements, for example, lifting a heavy box with a poor technique. You know, you're bending your back, you're putting all that force through your body. Or another one that we look at is the twisting sort of movement. So if you're picking up product in a warehouse, you're picking it up from the shelf, you're twisting, you're pulling it on your manual handling equipment. These are two types of movements that we want to avoid. We call them hazardous movements. So the way we help coach the worker on how to avoid these movements is we start with a little sensor. So this little sensor, it's got an accelerometer inside, a gyroscope, it's got some other sensors as well. And we process the data that this collects. So the worker clips this sensor onto the back of their shirt. So there's no sticking anything on skin or anything like that. It just simply clips onto the back of their shirt and is tracking every movement they make throughout the day. So every time they bend or twist or put some sort of force on their upper body specifically, this sensor picks it up. It measures what type of movement was made and then categorizes it as hazardous or non-hazardous. If it's hazardous, remember, this is the one that we want to help them try to avoid. So what we do is we, the device beeps and vibrates in real time. So they've just made the movement. They've used a poor technique while lifting a box. This device beeps and vibrates. And that gives them the warning that, hey, next time I do that task, maybe I should use my, you know, a better movement technique. So that starts the coaching. That, that's probably the most effective part of the solution, that real-time feedback. But the second part of the solution is a mobile application as well. So each worker can access this app if they want to. The data uploads from the sensor into the app, and we actually break down the types of movements they're making straight to them in their language as well. So we tell them what types of movements they, they made, which ones they should try to avoid. Because we know what types of movements they made and how often they've made it, we're actually also able to push personalized feedback to them as well. So we've got an algorithm working in the background that's calculating all this and then feeding personalized coaching information through the application to supplement also the real-time feedback that they're getting through the device. And this is just brilliant to, to hear now. Most people can hear in your voice that you're not from America like we are. So can you let them know where you're located and and how is this received over in the eastern part of the world? We're a UK company. Our market is in Australia, the UK and the US. So we've pretty much split between the three countries. We've got 33% of our customers in each of those three locations, which is an interesting challenge in itself because the healthcare system and the rehabilitation system in Australia and the UK are very similar, but very, very different to the US. You know, we've got national health systems that would cover the injury anyway, so employers don't have a huge cost to try to avoid in reducing injuries. But what we find in the US and Australia is that they really 
are really focused actually on reducing injury rates. So they don't want any injury at all, regardless of the cost. Whereas when we go into the US, it's it becomes more of a cost-based discussion with our customer. And I think that's because it's not that US employers don't care about actually reducing the rate of injuries as well, but there's such a large cost component to it that it actually becomes the most obvious thing to try to reduce. Like, let's just reduce the cost. So we work in a number of different industries, or pretty much every industry at the moment we've got a customer in. So if, if an industry has manual handling involved, we've got a customer in there. And we find that this solution works in all the countries that we're in, in all these different industries as well. And it's a really effective way of coaching the worker on what they should and shouldn't be doing, ideally, um, to reduce injury rates. And the device that you're talking about, it seems kind of complicated. You said it's a small device that somebody wears, but it's it's collecting all this data, it's sending it to the mobile app, it's beeping and vibrating, so much science within it. Is this something that's convenient? Is this easy to wear? Do people notice that it's hanging out on their back? Yeah, it's a really good question. We, we tried to not be a hardware company when we started SOTA. There's a saying that hardware is hard. It is hard. That's a good thing. (laughs) It's probably the hardest thing that we had to build in this whole solution. But what we created was a really, really elegant solution. And we're actually like super proud of our little device. So the device, it's small. It's like a matchbox size, I would say, even smaller than that. And about the same weight as a matchbox as well. Really simply just clips onto the back of the shirt. There's no actual setup of the device when they clip it on. So there's no calibration the device calibrates itself. So it actually knows that it's been picked up off the table or off the charger. It knows that it's been put on the back of the worker's shirt. It takes about 30 seconds, sometimes 60 seconds to then calibrate itself. And then it knows what is normal for that person and can start measuring what movements that person is making. Some other features that the device does and has, so we're not just measuring the movement of the person, you know, the physical movement, but we're also measuring the intensity of movements. So through our algorithms and the processing of the data, we're able to see if someone's lifted a box with a poor technique, obviously that's the movement we're picking up, but also was that box heavy or not? Was that an intense movement for the person? Is the person getting more tired? Is the person making jerky movements? All that sort of stuff. So the workers using the product and the solution really like that additional feedback. Like it gives them a lot of value. It's not just saying don't bend, but it's also saying more what types of movements to avoid. I mean, I think the final cool feature about our device is we say it has a 30-day battery life, so the worker won't have to charge it for 30 days. In reality, that's probably 60, 70 days battery life. So it's a really smart little device that turns itself on and off, knows when it's being worn, and then can measure movements in really high quality and high accuracy. I never cease to be amazed by what engineers can create. It is always (laughs) fascinating. Who did you have to collaborate with for understanding the human body? Because it sounds like that wasn't your initial forte, but what type of groups did you have to consult to get that type of understanding and collaboration? Yeah, so you're right. I have no health and safety background. I'm just an engineer. It was me and my co-founder, we started the business. So he's got a technology background. He's our chief technology officer. I'm the engineer. So together we started the company. But the very first hire we made was a doctor actually called Dr. Vecina. So she was our first hire and she actually helped us understand the human body, you know, what types of movements we should be measuring, what are we going to deem as hazardous, what are we going to deem as non-hazardous. So making that hire was really important to bring that credibility but also that deep wealth of knowledge into our team. Since then, we've now got 
two, uh, three, sorry, ergonomists on the team. So also highly qualified people in this space. We've got a health coach on our team as well. So now our technical side of the human body is five people big. You know that we've got five people in our team that can bring us that knowledge and make sure that what our solution is delivering to the worker has a lot of science and knowledge behind it. I can see how this would be very valuable. I'm I'm at a couple different clients here in the states, and and the clients have had a few different wearable technologies in and. They have been very large and very cumbersome and not come with this immediate feedback. And, and like I, you talked about earlier, the, the mobile app that does the coaching and the feedback as well. So why have you seen that your individual feedback approach to avoiding injuries is more effective than a safety manager out on the floor doing group initiatives or a manager doing something like that? I think the reason for that is because through technology, you have the ability to be so scalable. I know you guys, you're both athletic trainers, and that is probably the most high value coaching that you can give someone. You know, like you guys are super trained, you know problems. If you have a one-on-one relationship with a worker, that is nothing can beat that. But where it gets a little bit tricky, and that's the gap that we try to step into was an athletic trainer or a health and safety manager or a physio or someone like that can generally only talk to one person at a time. So if you've got a workforce of 1,000 people, that means 999 people are not being talked to. One person is getting this really high-quality coaching. So we wanted to fill in that gap. We wanted to create something that was still personalized and high-quality, not to the level of a human-to-human interaction, but as close as we could get it, but then make something that was so scalable so that you can cover 1,000 people all at the same time. And what we see from the results of that is... You, it will work, like our solution will work for 80 or 90% of the people. So they will get all the value they need from our technology solution. But it will also highlight, let's say, the 10% of people who need some additional, the high quality coaching that an athletic trainer might deliver. So it really highlights to the athletic trainer or to a safety manager, for example, okay, who in my 1,000 person workforce do I need to invest my time in? So I think it's the scalability problem that we're trying to solve. Um, the other thing is, I don't think this happens so much in the US, but in Australia, there was a lot of a push towards in-classroom or online training, especially for manual handling. Like on tra- online training was a was a booming solution for a while. And I use solution in um, in a very loose way because basically people would tick their compliance that I've done the training, but they would walk out of the, you know, the classroom and in one day or, or even an hour sometimes, they would forget everything they just learned because they didn't apply it to their actual job. So that's the other thing that we wanted to do. We want to create training and deliver that training, but we want people to apply it to their job while they get the training so that they can then embed these new skills. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that not just in America, we're, we're not the only ones that just click through online training. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> A quick interruption to have you think about this. Have you ever felt the need to make changes to reduce injuries at your company, but you weren't sure where to start? Head over to our website, wellworkforce.com, and click on the Connect With Us button. By partnering with Fit for Work, we will provide on-site early intervention, industrial ergonomics, employee testing, and safety compliance, helping you make the changes your individual company needs. 
we had a podcast on earlier this year about predictive analytics, and it sounds like your company is is sort of going along that same route as far as highlighting to safety or your on-site medical personnel who might be the next injury. Is that am I perceiving that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. So. What a safety manager or an athletic trainer might do is they, they'll jump onto our online dashboard where they'll be able to see all the data from their workers. Sometimes we have to anonymize that data because there might be a union involved and the union asks initially at least for it to be anonymized. But let's say we're working in a workplace where you're able to see the individual names and, and the people who's going through the training and you can sort of see their risk levels or you can you can see the risk levels, how many hazardous movements these people are making throughout a day. And... All our customers are good, fortunately. You know, they all use this data for the right in the right way. What they do is they, they work out, okay, who's getting the value from the solution? Who am I probably not going to see an injury from? You know, and you can rule out 90% of the people. But you can see that top 10% and you say, okay, this is where I really need to invest my time. I need to help these people. Um, and we see great examples of our, our customers doing this, just helping the right people and really investing their time, their limited time, because they can't reach all the people, as I said before, but investing their limited time on you know high quality training to this small subset of people that the data identifies. So let's say a company hears this and they're really excited, but uh, what's a realistic time frame for a company to feel comfortable with this and kind of get the ball rolling? Is this a pretty short process or take a year, six months? What's kind of that time frame? It's not a one size fits all. So some of our customers just roll it out to all people straight away. They almost buy like one device per person. But I think it's quite new technology and it takes sometimes some organizations a bit of time to understand how it works and how to best implement it. So I think in that case, you know, if you're if you're a customer and you've got high injury rates, you've got people who are reporting pain to you, you know that there's some chance that these people will become a recordable injury into the future. I think the best um, application or one of the best use cases we have is using our product, our coaching program for early intervention. So you might dedicate an hour or two like with a with a person really helping them, teaching them some new techniques to avoid the movements that cause pain or the movements that might cause injury into the future. But then putting them through our training program in addition to that can then help embed those new skills. So that if they do lapse into you know their old way, their learned way of doing something that is going to cause the injury or, or increase the probability at least of causing the injury, they're going to get that feedback. They're going to start changing their behavior. They're going to get the app feedback. So I think using it for early intervention is a really good initial use case for a customer. And then hopefully avoiding these recordable injuries that we know cost so much money and get OSHA's attention as well. And you've mentioned that about a third of your clients are basically spread around the world. Can you share a successful case with us, you know, without damaging any privacy rights? We'd love to hear a, a successful case. Yeah, so we've got one of our US customers is called Giant Eagle Supermarkets. So they're based in like the states, uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania as well. So they've got quite a number. I think they've got four warehouses that they've implemented our solution at, and they really targeted new starters, which is another interesting use case. So back back to reliability engineering, I need to teach the listeners one more thing about reliability engineering. Perfect. Um, they love learning. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two times when a machine is most likely to fail. The first times that you're using it, 
or obviously once it starts getting fatigued and towards the end of the life of the product or the machine. Very often, I'll, I'll use a car as an example again, like very often you might buy a new car and, you know, something goes wrong in the first couple of weeks. You know, so, something just wasn't built correctly or wasn't fitted correctly and, and that's where you have a high probability of something going wrong and having a problem. Once you get through that stage and everything sorts of sets in and becomes normal, that car will run. You know, you service it normally, but that car will run for 10 to 15 years, generally normally. And then towards the end of its life, you know, things start to fatigue to a point where things start breaking again. So back to Giant Eagle, this supermarket. So they, they have dozens of new starters a week. Um, and what they were seeing was quite... Um, high initial injury rates for these new starters and it makes sense because these new starters you know they might have come from working at mcdonald's or or something that completely hadn't didn't have a manual handling element to it at all so they have to build up their strength and until they build up their strength at quite a high risk of causing an or sustaining an injury so by targeting these new starters and putting them through our training program giant eagle they're able to teach these new workers the right working behaviors from day one, there's no actual bad habits to overcome. So they can teach them the right way from the start and then support them on this, you know, the, the first two or three weeks of their employment with Giant Eagle. And what they've seen is they've, they've virtually eliminated new starter injuries. So they had a huge problem. They put everyone through our program, you know, highly targeted use case and then virtually eliminated these injuries. So that, that's one really cool example we have. Um, the second one is back in the UK, we have a customer called Travis Perkins. So they're a little bit like Home Depot, you know, selling home improvement supplies, that sort of stuff. We've been implemented with them for about a year and a half now. They put everyone in a manual handling position through our training program, which is really cool. You know, this is one of the few customers that have actually rolled it out across everybody. And they've seen a 55% reduction in manual handling injuries over this time. So um, 55%, that was huge for them. They're, they're really excited and I think they're about to win or we are about to win a number of awards in the UK for this, which is exciting for us. And I really like Giant Eagle's story about how they had a targeted problem, they applied the solution and they saw the results. Oh, that's so much fun to, to hear those stories. We love anytime there's a, a positive change because you, you know that's impacting families and individuals and that's really what safety is all about so that's wonderful to hear now what is kind of the vision for Soder Spine and Soder Analytics what can what's kind of the future is this going to be further developments with this app or is there other areas you're trying to branch into yeah so we're actually launching at the moment a new application of the solution so we call it clip and go so it's a little bit of a move away from the coaching program so it's not dependent on the app as much and the coaching from the app. And the reason for that is the coaching through the app, it's super personalized. It's highly engaging. It's also better suited for a use case where people have time to use the app. And in many of our, you know, in many of our customers, then they're not able to access their phone on the floor for sure. Not that you need to take carry a phone with you to make our solution work. But also at the end of the day, you know, logging onto an app and getting your coaching, some of our customers thought that was probably too much time taken um, and the employees pushed back a little bit I guess on this so we've launched a solution called clip and go so it's a charging dock that sits in the operation you could be on the floor 
And each day someone can just grab a device, scan it out in about three seconds, clip on that device, and then go to work and get all the feedback from the device itself. So it's a way of scaling even more through organizations. And the more people that we can help and the more people we can collect data with, giving them insights to, but and also building our predictive models on the back of that data, the more that we can help these customers reduce their injury rates. So that's one example of something that we are we're implementing. Um, we're also working hard on creating new programs within that application, specifically focused on the early intervention use case that I had described, new starter use cases. So different content within the app, different tutorials, different training programs to solve more specific problems. And Matt, in the world that we're currently in with this, the pandemic of, of COVID-19, are there any workplace problems or availability with workers getting sick and, and out that could be solved by your products? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we're recording this towards the end of March. I know it's not going to be released for a few weeks, so who knows what the world will look like in a few weeks. But we are doing a number of things as a company. But before we get to that, we actually noticed as a company, Soda Analytics, on the first week of January, we had a problem. Or the second, maybe it was the second week of January. We had a problem. We dual source every component that we make hardware from, except batteries. Batteries, we only had one source for. I mean, this was in central China. Very interesting. Yes. And as we know, <laughs> that's where this COVID-19 started. And they were the first place to shut down. So as a business, we actually saw that happening ahead of time. So we've been planning for this now for three months. So we, we sat together as a team. We said, okay, like if this is happening in China, if it gets out of China, what would stop it from spreading across the world, rest of the world like it had in China? And basically the conclusion we came up with was it will spread exactly like China and we won't be able to do a lot initially about it. And we'll probably come up with the same sort of restrictive measures that China had to implement. So we stole, we sold all our investments, our stocks, which was great, <laughs> good for us. But we also thought like, okay, we're going to see some real challenges with our customer base. And we're seeing that now. So we're seeing some of our industries that we work in really struggling. So we've got airline industries. We had quite a number of customers there. They're obviously doing it tough. And then we see some of the more essential industries at the moment. So warehousing, supermarkets, they are going on hiring sprees like we've never seen before. Giant Eagle being one example, that customer that I talked about earlier. So when it comes to the customers that are hiring rapidly at the moment, you know, they're, they're hiring people that have never done manual handling before. So we really think that we want to work with our clients to deliver our training, our coaching to these people to give them the best chance possible not to get a manual handling injury because these are fresh people. We need to help them build up their strength so that they don't get injured. We're also implementing a special feature on our device. So quite a few of our customers now have one device per person. So everyone's wearing a device in a facility. We've added something to our firmware, our code on the device that now measures when someone comes within two feet of someone else. So our customers are implementing separation between employees. This is new. This is novel for people. This is something that is not normal. So to help our workers learn the new normal, we're giving like a little beep, a little warning when two people come too close to each other. We're not reporting this to management. You know, we don't want to become this, this to become like a management control. We, we just want to help the worker just learn the new normal and support them in any way that we can. 
So encourage that social distancing. That is uh, that is a really neat idea because our last episode we talked about the importance of the droplets being able to make it to about six feet, and really that it is a new normal that we need to live with now. So if our, our listeners are intrigued by what they've heard, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about Soda Analytics? I think the best way is come to our website, so sotaanalytics.com. So Sota is spelled S-O-T-E-R, sotaanalytics.com. You can learn a bit about our product there. We have case studies that they can read. We explain the types of movements that we're picking up, the feedback that we give to workers, and then we've also got a trial form on that website. So if you say, hey, I'd love to give this a go, I'd love to get a few units onto my site to potentially roll out across a number of workers, or to focus on that early intervention use case that I talked about before, then the best place is sodaanalytics.com. Wonderful. It's just great to talk to somebody who's been able to widen their range and take their field and apply it to something that is usually just dealing with machines, but apply it to humans, because that's really what the machines are there to help. And I like how it's not trying to take away the role of an athletic trainer, but just enhance our abilities by helping us focus on individuals. So thank you for all you're doing. And uh, we really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks guys for the interview. That was a great conversation with Matt. And the thing that I really enjoyed about him was the wearable technologies. There's actually a lot of debate as to whether or not wearable technologies in the workplace are really effective and how useful are they? And a lot of the times the idea is, well, if we just get people to have something that assists with their arm lift or assists with their back lift, that that's going to take care of injuries. Whereas the data isn't really clear on that. But with this, this isn't trying to replace human motion. It just observes human motion, gives you that lifetime feedback and allows for people who are the experts in the coaching to to work with the employees. So it sounds like a really fun tool and something that I would really appreciate and, and enjoy being able to use as well, because the more time you can spend with those who need it, the better. Curtis, that's so interesting, because I know after the interview, you and I were talking so much about how impressed you were with the engineering aspect of it and actually taking what he knew about machines and applying that to the human body. So I can't believe that your one point was something else. Well, that's cool too. I mean, I like both. (laughs) Right? I really liked, as you mentioned a little bit too, how it combined the personal feedback and that coaching by that on-site personnel. It's kind of like what we talked about and I brought up in the interview with the predictive analytics. And it's, it's not just the machine or the computer or the algorithm giving you the data and then you going from there, it's getting that data from however you're collecting it and using that to make that personal contact with people. So that's that's what I found interesting about it. You do like people. You like the connection. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. And to get started preventing injuries, please visit our website at wellworkforce.com or you can email us with any comments or questions at podcast at wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives. 